Good morning, family. This is the last Sunday of 2015, right? We're ready to forge into the new year, and I just wondered, ask the Lord to give me something to remind us and to help us reflect on how time passes in our lives as we straddle uh, the changing of the years from last year to, to this year. So I probably won't be sharing anything with you that you haven't heard before, but reinforcing maybe, I think, the highest priority of our lives. I heard a story this past year about a tiny little girl that, well, I mean really tiny, less than two pounds, when she was born prematurely and put into an incubator because she was too fragile uh, to, to survive outside. Um, everybody was praying for this little girl, and her grandfather went to the doctor and said, what more can I do? I mean, we're, we're praying like crazy. Uh, we want her to make it. We've been looking forward to her birth. We're, we're so concerned. So the doctor told him, listen, do two things. Put your hands in those latex-like little gloves that go into the box, right? And touch her tenderly, very, very gently, and then speak to her. There's healing in your touch and healing in your voice. So he began to say his prayers out loud, and he began to call her by name. He began to sing over her, and she pulled through, and... And now she's fine, she's healthy and fine. But you know that story, it just made me think of Jesus and Christmas and the incarnation, the word becoming flesh. We're so familiar with this verse from the first chapter of the Gospel of John that says, the word became flesh, let's uh, put it up there, the word became flesh and made his home among us. We have seen his glory Glory like that of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. That's what he was doing here. He, God came to this planet to be close to us, to be personal, to be in touch, and to speak over our lives. It's the most wonderful thing that we can have a personal relationship with God through his self-revelation, Jesus. Well, that just, it meant a lot to me, and I thought that could be the basis for sharing with you um, how we can view our immediate past and long-range past and how we can move ahead into our future, not just this coming year, but on and on. Let's think about the past. Gratitude and uh, regrets, some resentment thrown in, um, life happens, right? But Charlie gave us a real good message two or three weeks ago about the power of gratitude. Don't grumble, be grateful. And I really can't add to that except to uh, affirm it and say, I had an experience at Kaimuki High School with juniors and seniors who were selected by their counselor to be the first mentors, high school mentors, to the little kids at Palolo Elementary School. These high school kids, oh, and they're so beautiful, 
they get academic credit for spending 12 weeks learning to be mentors, learning to listen, learning to bring a word of encouragement, learning to play a game on the child's level and let them win, you know, and just be a mentor like you, like you know we're always talking about. 12 weeks of classroom, and now in this coming semester, for 12 weeks in a row, we're going to transport them from Kaimaki High School to Palolo Elementary School, and they'll be one-on-one -on -one with a child for an hour. Academic credit for that, I mean, this is just a, a real breakthrough that God has given us. In our first session, I asked them to go around the circle and say, who mentored them when they were small kids? Was it a special auntie or relative, a teacher, a coach? You might think, you might think in your own memory right, right now. Throw your memory back, and who was that adult that proved to you that they really cared, that they knew you, and that, that you were special to them? We, we all have that great gift in our past. And then we passed out thank you cards to the high school kids. These, you know, super cool high school kids, and they're talking about, oh, yes, it was... It was my auntie who mentored me, and she made cookies for me and stuff. But when we passed out the thank you cards, and they had to address it, dear Aunt Lydia, thank you for these emotions started pouring out. Kids were grabbing for tissues, and there were sniffles ar around the circle of kids who were shedding tears of joy and gratitude. Being grateful makes us happy. Am I right? And so we need to always thank God for the blessings that have been poured into our lives. Now, there's another thing about the past which haunts us, which keeps reappearing, which, which bites us, and that is a very keen sense, an honest sense of our failures, our sins, the regrets that we have for pushing God out of our lives and hurting other people and doing things that, that hurt ourselves. Hey, we're here this morning because this is a messed up world and we're messed up people. And we need help. We need Jesus' help. We need, actually, forgiveness because we have sinned. Some sins that are real small and, and like unconscious. Sorry when I forget to lock the house. <laughs> I do it all the time, but it makes my wife insecure, and she's always reminding me, and why can't I remember that? And I don't even know why I can't. I can't remember why I can't remember. <laughs> hey, I was on the freeway the other day, and there was this car in the next lane surging up, surging up, surging up. The guy was bugging me, and I kept going, and finally he got level with me, window to window, and he gives me that sign, roll down your window, I roll it down. I said, what? He says, he, the guy says, buddy, your right turn blinker has been on for five miles. So yeah, we can annoy other people by, by our, our failings, 
but that's manini. That's, that's small. What's really messed up in our lives are the mean things we do and the harsh thoughts and the words we speak that we want to take them back right away because we know those words are like wounds. And um, we have to be honest uh, about our need uh, to, be for, to be forgiven. I played golf yesterday with my best friend, and um, we were in the golf cart, and he said, you know, I'm 65 years old. I have been trying to follow Jesus and be like him for more than five decades, but I'm just as selfish today as I have ever been in my whole life, as I was when I, when I first met Jesus. What is wrong with me? And I'm nodding my head. I totally, you're nodding your heads? Now, I'm, I'm not going to tell you who this was, but, but his initials are Ron Arnold. <laughs> hey. Folks, we're, we're in this boat together, and it is sinking. What do we do with the, with the past? We have to give it to God. What do we do with our sins? We have to let God deal with our sins because we can't cover them ourselves. Look at this next uh, scripture from the first letter that the same author wrote for, from 1 John Chapter 1, verse 9. Let's read it together, starting with, if we confess. Go. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from everything we've done wrong. It's a conditional sentence. If we confess, we get forgiven. So let's do it. Let's tell... God, the truth about ourselves. Let's be honest with ourselves. Let's say, hey, I blew it. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, dear Lord, I, I'm so sorry. I need your forgiveness. And then God faithfully forgives us and cleans us up and gives us a fresh start for the new year. And it's not just the sins that we've done against other people and against the Lord. People have also hurt us, and we carry grudges we can become bitter, right? We can become resentful. In order to really be free to move ahead in our lives, we've, we've got to let that go too. In fact, I mean, the Bible says that if we don't forgive people who sinned against us, God won't forgive us. Wow. And that comes from Jesus himself in the book of Matthew, part of the Sermon on the Mount, take a look at this one from Matthew chapter 6. Everybody, help me now. If you forgive others their sins, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your sins. Please bow with me in prayer. There's a couple different places in this message that I just feel like we need to talk to God. Shall we pray? Oh, dear God, all of us are burdened by bitterness. People have wounded us in the past, and, and it's so hard to forgive and maybe impossible to forget. We're just human beings. 
But then, Jesus, you say, we're supposed to forgive those who have offended us. So we say in faith in this moment, Jesus, I forgive those who have hurt me in this past year and past years. I forgive them by your power and in your name. And as far as my own failures and sins and mistakes, I'm so sorry. Each of us, well, we're apologizing to you, God. Sorry for being so messed up. We've done so many things that you tell us not to do. We neglect or refuse to do things that you want us to do. We're unhealthy spiritually, and we need you to forgive us and cleanse us and make us right. And then the Bible says, if we confess, that's what we're doing, you will forgive us. We claim that promise. We confess our sins and ask you to forgive us and wipe away everything that's dark in this past year and in our past. We pray in your son's powerful, loving name. Amen. You know, I, I, I peeked and I saw you guys had your heads bowed. And, and I want to bring back one image from the Jesus story that you're all familiar with. Remember that time that he was asked to come to the bedside of a 12-year-old girl who was deathly ill, Jairus' daughter? And Jesus said he would come. By the time he got to the house, they were all wailing and mourning. The little girl had stopped breathing. And as far as they were all concerned, she was gone. But Jesus told them a very strange thing. Stop crying. She's only sleeping. Well, as far as Jesus was, was concerned... He could say that. She's only sleeping because he knew he had the power to wake her up. And then this Jesus, the word become flesh, God with us, he goes into the room where she's lying still and maybe even getting cold. Jesus did for her then what he just did for all of us right now with our heads bowed. He got right up close to her, just like he got up close to each of us where we're, where we're sitting, where I'm standing. Jesus reached out and touched her. And you know, he, Jesus was never one to keep his distance. He was so personal. I, and in my imagination, I have him either bending over and caressing her hair or maybe sitting down beside her on the bed and putting his arm around her, or I don't know, could it be that he knelt? That he, can you imagine God kneeling down? That, that he knelt and took her hand in his and then put his hand on her cheek, and then he whispered to her words that are recorded for us in Aramaic, talitakum, talitakum. It means, little girl, wake up. And she does. And the whole house explodes with uh, rejoicing and uh, just awe at what had just happened. He can do that. He can take everything in our past, the good and the bad. He can come right up close to us intimately and make it all okay and give us a chance to move on. Okay, well then, let's move on. 
Uh, let's look ahead. Everybody has hopes and fears about the coming years, right? Uh, let, me take, uh, let me take the fears first. Um, I've noticed, even in the churches that I visit because of my work, I've noticed a kind of a chronic, low-level, shadowy kind of anxiety about the world we're living in today. I think fear prowls like a wolf through our society and our lives. There's a lot going on in the world to be upset about. Yes, it's, it's reality. And reality today impinges. It attacks. I mean, my gosh. There's a lot to be scared of in this world. But how are we going to play it? We're going to go run, hide? Are we going to shut ourselves inside a safe place as if there is such a thing? Or are we going to find in our victorious God, Jesus said, in the world you will have trouble. But cheer up, I've overcome the world. I mean, Psalm 23, look at, look at Psalm 23. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, let's just consider that the future, the known and the unknown threats. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no danger because you are with me. That's why I don't have to be afraid. God is with us. I fear no danger because you are with me. Now, would you echo that? I'll, I'll say I fear no danger, and you shout it back to me. Everybody say, uh, affirm that. I fear no danger. Let's try it. I fear no danger. I fear no danger. Say it louder. I fear no danger. Why? Because you are with me. Let's say it again. Because you are with me. Amen? That's right. And our hopes for the future, oh my. Would you mind just standing beside me for just a second? Because this is our family. This is our family. And just yesterday, something happened. Tell them. My oldest son proposed uh, the girlfriend that they just got engaged. Yesterday. Just yesterday. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, that's hey, that is something happy and hopeful, isn't it? And and we have hopes uh, ahead of us for these kinds of things. But let me take it to the extreme of hope. The last enemy that we will ever have to face is death. And that enemy has been completely defeated by Jesus. If we don't have to be afraid of death, we don't have to be afraid of nothing. Are you, are you with me on this? Now, later on today, I get to go out to a youth camp in Waianae, Camp Pu'ukahea. Three churches, three different youth groups, one from Hawaii Kai, one from Makiki, and one from Maui. They're all getting together, and for some reason, I can't figure it out, they asked this old dog to be the speaker at a youth camp, please pray for me. <laughs> talk about anxiety, oh man, how am, I gonna, how am I gonna talk to those kids? But I think I do have something to share with them about hope. 
in relationship to Jesus. Look at this uh, scripture from 1 John chapter 5. It's one of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. It's just powerful. God gave eternal life to us, and this life is in his Son. The one who has the Son has life. Son of God equals life. The one who doesn't have God's Son does not have life. If you don't know Jesus, you don't know the one who said he's the way and the truth and the life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of God's Son so that you can know that you have eternal life, not wish for it, not not cross your fingers for it, not even pray. You can know with confidence that you have eternal life that starts today and goes through this life on into glory because Jesus has come into this world and into our hearts. So these kids, they chose for their theme for the camp the assurances, five assurances, assurance of salvation, assurance of forgiveness, assurance of answered prayer, assurance of victory, and an, the assurance of God's guidance on our lives. It's amazing. I'm very excited about this. I intend to learn a lot along, along with them. But what I get to tell them is, you can be brave. You can be brave. You can go on the offense against all those enemies that are out there. We're winning. We have Jesus. We're following Jesus. And the courage of Christ can take them into the future. Please bow with me again. Yes, Jesus, how, how wonderful. We can look ahead and not tremble. We can look ahead and just anticipate seeing you shine out on our pathway, seeing one victory after another that you bring into our lives. Oh, in ourselves, we're inadequate. We can't, we can't face all of these challenges, but with you, Lord, even if we walk through the darkest valley, we're not going to be afraid because you are with us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Um, we're going to just celebrate this now in a kind of a special way, that relationship that we have with, because he's the key to everything, his love. Perfect love casts out fear. You have his love. You don't have to be afraid, right? Jesus was there in all those beautiful moments in the past, and we celebrate all of his blessings. All the good things are blessings from God. All good has its source in our Lord. And then the forgiveness and the ability to forgive others. It's, it's all him. It's all in the relationship with him, the personal, direct relationship with Jesus. Um, I asked, I'll close with this. I wonder if uh, I really appreciate his love as much as I should, and I really wonder if I love him as much as I should after all that he's done for me. Way back when I first met him, I, I fell in love with Jesus. And I want to be as much or more in love with him today as I was then. How, how are you doing in that area? Do you truly love Jesus? 
It's a great question at the end of this year and the beginning of the next year, isn't it? Do you really, really love him? Because this last verse I'm going to show you is from the last verse of the Bible from Revelation. And Jesus is speaking to the churches. This is the church of Ephesus. Revelation chapter 2, and he, he says this. It's a warning. I have this against you. You have let go of the love you had at first. Ooh, I don't want him to be talking to me. You've let go of the love you had at first. So remember the high point from which you have fallen. Change your hearts and lives and do the things you did at first. I mean, Isamu and Makana have never loved each other as much as they loved each other yesterday, and now they'll be planning their wedding and all of that, and be just celebrating their love, and they'll be newlyweds, and they'll have a honeymoon, and, and the relationship will continue. And I pray that it continues to grow more passionate, more warm, more trusting. And I pray that for us about our relationship with Jesus. We want to love him more than ever in this coming year, right? Are you with me in this? So... I kind of want to worship him and give you a chance to join Yuko in, in a dance, a sign dance. She's not performing. She's actually just praying with gestures. And then if you'll take out your bulletin, the lyrics to this beautiful song from Hillsong are printed for us. And I'd like to invite you to sing along the second time the chorus comes, I will live to love you. I will live to bring you praise. I will live a child in awe of you. She's going to go through the song the first time, and then when she circles back to this chorus, it's repeated twice. Let's sing it out and sing it like we mean it. Yeah, uh, I'll trust in you. You have shown the greatest love that anyone can ever know. And so... Uh, as we do every Sunday as a family, we come to the table together to remember Jesus' sacrifice for us. He went to the limit to show his love by allowing his body to be busted up and his blood to be shed for the forgiveness of our sins. And when he gave this meal to his best friends on the night he was betrayed, he said, every time you eat it, every time you drink this cup, do it in remembrance of me. This is proof how much he loves us. Um, anybody who is just now falling in love with Jesus or falling in love with him all over again, you're invited to partake. If you're just learning about his love and not sure about your response, if you're not ready to get engaged or married to him, if you're kind of on the way, just pass, just pass it along. This is, this is the love feast, you know, for those of us who really know him and love him personally. If this morning as you were listening or even watching Yuko dance, um, if you just felt like this Jesus can be trusted, I want you to come up and talk to me or any of the pastors, any of the pastors here after it's already over. If you've asked Jesus into your life, th then you can take these symbols his symbols in, into your body um, during communion. So 
would the ushers please come and, and distribute the elements as you uh, receive them, hold on, and we'll partake as a family all together at the same time. 